the CPHI podcast series. Hello and welcome back to the CPHI podcast series, your monthly soundbite on the trends and developments impacting the global pharma value chain. I'm Rebecca Lumley, pharma editor at Informa Markets, and in this episode, we'll be turning our attention to novel excipients and exploring the impact of the pilot review program launched by the FDA last year. Excipients are essential to the formulation of drug products, but their importance in supporting innovative drug development is often overlooked. According to the International Pharmaceutical Excipients Council, or IPEC, drugs that have yet to be developed may need more excipients than are currently available to us, and many emerging treatments are unlikely to succeed without novel excipients. In short, innovation in drug development requires innovation in excipient manufacturing. However, the lack of an independent regulatory pathway for novel excipients has historically created barriers to their use and discouraged innovation in the excipient space. In this episode, we'll explore recent efforts by the FDA to address this and take a deeper look at the opportunities that novel excipients present. Joining us for today's discussion is Nigel Langley, Chair of IPEC Americas and Global Technology Director at BASF Corporation. Nigel has been a member of IPEC Americas Executive Committee since 2010 and has been helping to lead its novel excipient advocacy since 2015. Nigel, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Rebecca. It's good to be here. So beginning with the very basics, could you first explain what a novel excipient actually is? A novel excipients are those excipients that have not been in used in any approved drug product in the USA. So not approved by the FDA. And are there different kind of types or categories of novel excipients? There are actually, yes. There's novel excipients have quite a large capture. So new chemical entities, that's brand new chemistry for excipients are clearly novel, but also ones that are used or intended to be used in higher levels than currently on the FDA inactive ingredient database. And also ones that are intended to be used in different routes or routes of administration. For example, if there's a topical excipient listed on the IID and the intent is then to use it in the parenteral application, a different route of administration, that is then classed as novel. Also currently, co-processor excipients in the US fall under the definition of novel excipients. But this is something that I will explore a little bit later, maybe in this podcast. It's something that IPEC Americas wants to challenge because we don't believe it should be a novel excipient, provided that the excipients combined in a co-processed excipients are on the IID list and they do not exceed those levels and there's no presence of new covalent bonding being formed. With that premise, then we believe they shouldn't be considered as novel excipients, but they currently are in the US and through the pharmaceutical industry. Okay, and that sort of leads on well into my next question, which is what the development process for a novel excipient actually looks like. Again, it depends on the type, Rebecca. And so for new chemical entities, the development cycle is fairly long. Why? Because the requirement guidelines formed that an excipient supplier should actually have or follow is the FDA guidelines for novel excipients. And that's the toxicology and the safety side to it. So typically that would take about three years to actually compile the safety data for a new chemical entity as a novel excipient. So to answer your question on that particular type of novel excipient, it could take a company probably seven or eight years to develop a new material. 
and then they commercially launch into the market. For other types of excipients, for co-processed excipients and other excipients, process may be a little bit shorter. Okay, so it is quite a lengthy process. And then when it does come to, I suppose, you've developed your novel excipient and now you're ready to seek regulatory approval. When does that happen? What part of the process is that? Well, the novel excipient is not actually approved outside of the drug application, the new drug application and NDA. It's not decoupled from the API or the new drug. So it's very dependent actually on a drug actually making it through all the clinical trials and being approved by the FDA. And then once that happens, in fact, at least two drugs need to be approved before the novel excipient will be listed on the inactive ingredient database by the FDA. And so the fact that that is the case, Mm -hmm. has that contributed to, I suppose, what we've heard is that companies haven't been incentivized to kind of produce novel excipients because of having to wait for that kind of like last minute regulatory approval. Yeah, this is the dilemma, Rebecca, actually, because the formulators in pharma companies generally like to see new materials because they have a number of formulation challenges that they have with new drugs coming through their pipeline. However, the pharma companies generally are quite risk adverse. And there's a saying in the industry that's often quoted that companies like to be first to be second with respect to novel excipients. And the reason for that is that the perceived delay and risk associated with not just the API that's new that they've just developed themselves, but also a novel excipient with respect it's not been used in any human clinical studies or trials before. So as a result of that, they're really the only opportunity, and this is the challenge that we've been trying to do something with, is the only opportunity for the adoption of new chemical entities or novel excipients is if every other formulation approach fails. And the only way to actually have that drug in developed would be to use a novel excipient. Rather than the, the optimum dose or drug developed for the patient, it's really that dilemma. So the companies are really risk adverse. The adoption rate is very low as a result of it. The incentive to generate new novel excipients with suppliers is very challenged as well. And this is really why IPEC Americas and others have really tried to hopefully change this paradigm, because the industry really needs to have innovation and excipients to keep pace with the innovation that's occurred and is continuing to occur in drug modalities. Are you struggling to cut through the noise? The pharmaceutical industry can be a crowded market. Partner with CPHI Online, the largest pharma marketplace and community worldwide. Get direct access to 280,000 pharma buyers and gather qualified leads all year round to help build your pipeline and grow your revenue. With CPHI Online, you'll be able to stand out from the competition and reach a large global pharma audience. To learn more about promoting your company using only one platform, go to cphionline.com. I would love to know a little bit more about the novel excipient review pilot program that the FDA launched last year. I know IPEC was very involved in kind of getting that off the ground. IPEC Americas actually has had an interest in novel excipients since its inception 31 years ago, actually. 
The challenge, though, has been to try to do something about the regulatory hurdles or the perceived regularly hurdles in the industry with novel excipients that I just alluded to. What we did, actually, we formed a formal collaboration with IQ Pharma Consortium, actually in 2015. And we've been working very closely together as two organizations since that time. The effort has been quite intense and we've had various meetings with the FDA, pivotal one being in 2017, Rebecca, where we had 15 people from the two organizations as a face-to-face meeting with the FDA. And at least half of our component were toxicologists because the feedback really or the idea that we had was to position this on safety grounds, and which is really the concern that the FDA has on new materials and the rightly the concern that they have. So in 2017, we got engagement. There seemed to be quite a lot of interest for the challenges as presented with the FDA. And then what followed was the USP actually generated a questionnaire, a global survey aimed at formulators around the world just to get a sense of how important this particular challenge is and the issue is which was obviously then an input provided back to the FDA. And then the FDA issued a docket for public comment, which is what they do, proposing is their interest in the industry if they had a pilot review program. That was at the end of 2019. And then, the long story, sorry, but then the pandemic hit. And of course, the FDA had different priorities to novel excipients, of course, and that was completely understandable. And then we had to wait a little bit longer. And then in September of last year, the pilot review program was actually communicated with a closing date of December the 7th of 2021. So that's hopefully a little bit of a journey that we've been through. We're very grateful to the FDA because we feel that this could be a real strong impact to the industry. And And what we've also been very keen to advocate is the need for excipient innovation and the science for excipients. We believe that this pilot program, if it becomes a full program, would really stimulate the opportunity for new materials to be introduced and for some of the unmet challenges that are here and the future unmet challenges in formulation to at least be able to be overcome or having have provided some solutions in the future. So it's exciting times at the moment. Absolutely. And how do you think this program, if, if it does say move from a pilot to a full-fledged program, how do you think it will actually incentivize that innovation in excipients? Well, the, the whole proposal here where we've positioned this or tried to with the FDA, we haven't asked for the excipient to be decoupled from the drug product. Why? Because there's that slight chance, possibility that there may be interaction with the API and the excipient to cause some degradation and that's and that might lead to, to some issues. So that's not what we've been asking. That's the holy grail if the excipient itself could be approved, but we haven't been asking that. What we hope to be able to achieve by the pilot, if it becomes a full pilot, is that their novel excipients are then perceived by formulators and companies, pharmaceutical companies, as mainly a level playing field with existing excipients so that there's a better chance than that they will be actually screened and evaluated in general formulations, not just in the critical ones where there's no alternatives, which is currently what's happening. So we wanted to really have an opportunity for all the excipients to be viewed the same 
And then, of course, the drug safety is, will determine which formulation the drug company actually developed anyway, irrespective of the excipients there. Also, the reality of Rebecca that many excipients that are currently used in the industry are 50, 60, 70, even more years old. And the new materials, because you need to follow the guidelines set by the FDA, the preclinical tox sump data is, is much more comprehensive, actually, than some of the excipients in the past. But of course, they have precedence of use. They've been used um, many years safely. So we don't feel at IPEC Americas as safety concerns, provided that companies go through the right process with the FDA guidance um, developing new materials. We don't see that. We just hope that you know companies will then take some of that perceived risk away and, and they can evaluate seriously in these new materials to help to overcome some of their formulation challenges. And with that being said, what do you kind of see for the future of the excipient space in terms of, I suppose, addressing unmet medical needs, you know, kind of adding to the atmosphere of innovation that is being encouraged in other areas of the pharmaceutical industry? Yeah, this is a really good question and, and one that I feel very passionate about. I think the future should actually be more collaboration between suppliers, excipient suppliers, and pharmaceutical drug developing companies. We need to sit together and, and really collaborate more formally. You know, then the benefit of that is that the pharma company would be able to share under confidentiality if that's needed their needs, their formulation needs, and the excipient supplier then has the opportunity to understand that better. And hopefully then you can develop something with that understanding to help solve some of these challenges. At the moment, that situation doesn't exist. Not widely, and there's pockets of it, but it's not a widely sought area. So that's what I'm hoping for, that we'll get more collaboration, uh, we get more understanding what the needs are, we can then work together more as an industry to help to solve some of these problems. And if you think of what happened during the COVID pandemic, how companies came together and collaborated very effectively to develop vaccines in a very rapid time, I'm hoping personally that we really learn from that experience and we can actually have some of those best practices moving forward in this space as well for novel excipients. And time will tell. It'd be a shame if we go back to the situation prior to the pandemic where, um, you know, collaboration could have been better at that time or more widespread. Now, that's a great point. I mean, I've heard this from so many people across the industry recently that COVID inspired such amazing collaboration. And I think it's been felt in, in lots of different sectors that people don't want to go back. Well, Nigel, thank you so much. That's all we have time for this episode. And thank you for listening. For more news features and expert content on all things impacting pharmaceutical supply chains, manufacturing, drug development, packaging, and drug delivery, please head to cphionline.com. Thank you for listening to the CPHI podcast series. For pharmaceutical news, webinars, events, and more, visit cphionline.com.